0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: searching for just the right job whether you're looking for full-time part-time or seasonal work you can get started today amazon jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you to get your application started for an hourly job go to amazon.com slash apply that's Amazon.com apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer.
2: It's the bluest room town. Yeah, they're actually funny.
1: weekly show here on the Blue Room uh, a week bookended by Everton games after Brighton on Monday it's Tottenham tomorrow on Friday Uh, what is a massive game for us Uh, delighted to say joining me to have a chat about that and all other things Everton Uh, for the first time on the weekly show it's Warren Doyle Warren thanks for coming on mate appreciate you
2: thanks mate thanks for having me hope you're all good hope you're doing well
1: yeah, uh, this show will probably be a bit different to Mailbag. Um, I'll, I'll be Do
2: <laughs> you know that. I have done a weekly before. If you remember, it was the one when we. It was on a Friday a bit, night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. A, week, a bit of a different one. Yeah, so it's, yeah. I know it's not the same as this, but yeah, it was uh, something similar anyway to prep me for this. Spirits so.
1: were oh, a, a lot higher then, weren't they? After that West Brom win. We all dreaming being third or second in the league or something like that. And Dave Downey joins us as well. How are you doing, mate? I'm good, mate. Thank you. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. A bit apprehensive about this game uh, tomorrow. But just sort of starting off on some other things that are different from from Everton. I don't know if you saw this today, Um, but the no-context Everton Twitter account shared a picture um, of, I think it was Nest in Brixton and a customer review. And somebody had used a picture of of Leighton Baines as their image on it. So Leighton looks like he's moved down to Brixton and has got really good home central heating system uh set up in his house down there. <laughs> I, was, I was just wondering. Uh, it got me thinking, has anyone ever used your picture for anything that wasn't necessarily of you? Or have you been mistaken for anybody else in particular? Come on, Dave. It must have happened to you a few times this on Twitter. Yeah, but nothing
0: legal. <laughs> 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 Do you know what I, I actually I'm, I'm normally good at these ones off the top of off, off the top of my head map, but um well there's any an advert for going to court maybe or something like that i don't know <laughs> so something that um, something that you don't want to be associated with people will probably use my my photo for i think math um, enough. i'm trying to think what, what was it do you know the only thing i can think of that comes close to answering this question it's probably completely irrelevant come to think of it but i'll say it anyway i was in uh, and you can no longer find this on the internet as well before people start looking. But I was in at Walker's Chris Travert, Um When I was a kid, I went to Merchant Taylor's and they filmed a Walker's Chris advert with Gary Lineker and Michael Owen um, at, in, in the school. So like, as kids, we were sort of told, don't approach them and nothing like that. And like, obviously, kids being kids, everyone was trying to find them, get the photo with them and their autograph and all that. And um, they picked a group of us and said, do you want to be extras in it effectively? So I was like, Yeah, get in. We're going to be on the telly and all that. So we of had the afternoon off school. And in the advert, Michael Owen gets absolutely destroyed by a lot of the rugby players um, who were like, obviously, the grown men come in for the day, actual actors. Um, and we were meant to be the kids in the crowd, sort of screaming and cheering them on. And then. Um, so like Lineker's sort of mooching about the uh, the pavilion as it as it is in Merchant Terrace, if anyone's been down there in Crosby. Gorgeous facilities, like it's a private school. Uh, very fortunate to go there. Many people don't believe me when I told them I went there, Matt, to be honest. and uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think the fella you've, you've grown into
1: is uh, definitely resemblance of a, a <laughs> private education.
0: <laughs> yeah, people can see your face there, Matt. Don't forget mm. that now. Um, and yeah, so like, you know the way in, in those old adverts, I mean, I'm talking to a certain generation of people here, maybe because we have a lot of younger listeners, but um, essentially it was Gary Lineker chasing after Michael Owen um, because he robbed his crisp and stuff like that, little quirky storylines like that. And um, yeah, it, it took place at the school and and he there was a big pavilion right behind the football pitches because obviously being a private school, all you ever, the only sport they knew was rugby and cricket. So uh, he was hiding behind this pavilion and um, he basically gets the rugby team to set on Michael Owen because Michael Owen's only a small fella, obviously. And, um yeah, it was great fun. He stood on the side of the pitch, sort of cheered and the team on and all that. Took about five or six takes and then he, he wrapped up and went. But got to meet Michael Owen and Gaddy Lineker, which was quite fun, like. There you go. I didn't fit the conversation. So, you know, I do have a fledgling acting career as well as this. Uh, Warren, what about you, mate?
1: Ever been in an advert or been... Um... You know, mis- misrepresented as
2: somebody else. Or <laughs> the odd crime watch reconstruction? <laughs> no, no, no. Unfortunately, I haven't got a wild as wild a lifestyle as you, Dave. No, not being mistaken for not, not um, not a not. But I did look today at that um, the picture you're on about with latent veins, and it just because it, it, what made it even better. It wasn't so much the fact that these used a professional footballer as their like happy customer this company. It was Baines's little smiley little face on it as if he'd just been given the best sort of customer service ever, which made me laugh. So, yeah, that was very funny, very funny. Yeah. doesn't look
1: much like a footballer in that one, does he? No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. he, he looks like a, just a generic everyday fella. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> interesting stuff to start us off there. Uh, before we get into speaking about the, the, the game on Monday a little bit and probably more about tomorrow... Um, I've noticed this week lads that obviously with the, the end of the season in sight with 30 games played on the, uh, in the Premier League table a lot of talks going on about transfers and we had a report this week from, from Paul Joyce sort of talking about you know who Everton are looking to bring in who's going to be going out the door and I think there's probably one of each which is you know major news um, Max Adams. Is the one that looks like he might be coming in. Been linked to him for a while now. Um to, to be honest, Warren, I I really like him as a player. I think he's he's looked good for Norwich. I think he did okay in their their season in the Premier League before they, they got relegated. And I think what was interesting in that um that report was the they have a valuation of thirty million on him. And to be honest, I thought they would have been looking for a lot more than than that for someone like him. So I think if Everton can get Norwich down from that price, it would be be a good deal for me. Uh, is, is, he, is he the right
2: back you think we should be looking at this summer? He's one of the ones that I've definitely, as you said, watching Norwich, especially this season. I know the championship's a bit of a different level, but I think Norwich have been, we well, can see the way, that, the way they're winning games, you know, more than comfortably. He's part of that three or four players uh, that they've got who are who's massively contributing to their success this season. We definitely need the right back. Coleman's coming to the end now Um, and whenever Coleman's been out we haven't been able to quite replace that whether he's been injured or whether he's been suspended whatever it might be we haven't been able to quite replace that threat down the right hand side as we've got on the left hand side so it's definitely a position we're looking at in terms of the fee 30 million I mean six months ago you would have probably looked that and thought that's well overpriced but when you look at Coffrey now we were for what 20, 25 something like that that's yeah. looking like an absolute bargain now so if Max Ahrens can come in and perform like he's done for Norwich and make the step up in the same way that Ben Godfrey has, which you kind of don't doubt him in doing that, Max Ahrens. If he did make the step, he's already played in the Premier League before, so it's not as if he's a stranger to that level. Uh, England under-21 international as well, I think, also. So 30 million, I know it sounds a lot, but probably in six months, 12 months' time, if he's performing at the level that Godfrey is for us now currently, 30 million will look like a snip. Yeah,
1: uh, David. I don't know how much you, you've seen, but I think it's it's his age as well, isn't it? I think he's still only twenty one, and doesn't turn twenty two until, um, mm. December or or January. Um, yeah. I think I think knowledge do a pretty good job. I know, I know Godfrey didn't come through to the academy. They signed him to me from from York, and he's he's been out on loan, but. It feels that when players come through there, they tend to be of, of the right sort of stuff and have of the right sort of value. Certainly with with Farker there now, who seems like a, a really good man-manager. But, but I think he's a really good player and could have a, a massive impact for us if we did get him in.
0: I do as well. I think, you know, if people are going to make the obvious association with Godfrey, aren't they? Obviously, same club. I think they're good friends as well, by all accounts, from what we've seen from Godfrey as well. But, I mean, it, it's certainly one of the... One of the areas of the pitch that's in dire need of uh, improvements and, and recruitments, isn't it? Because as much as we all love Sheamus, and, and it's, I think it's difficult, Matt, to have this. He's been sort playing of, well recently, to be fair, as well, hasn't he? Yeah, but Stephen I think, and, and this, this, this what, this is what makes the conversation a little bit more difficult. I think, Matt, because it's hard to associate getting a new player without disrespecting the one that's the current incumbent. If you get what I mean. And, and that's what I think is difficult with, with Sheamus, because he's still got a lot to offer. I preferred it to be a situation not too dissimilar to Baynes, actually, in terms of he's still more than capable of starting games and playing games for Everton, but he's not necessarily the first choice. And it's not, I wouldn't go as far as saying it's cha- a changing of the guard, but let, let's say, you know, best case scenario now, I think this season is for Everton to get in the Europa League, maybe. Say that happens. Nothing wrong with having two, you know, first choice right backs to play, um, and 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 this this lad looks the real deal. When I've seen him for Norwich, and I watch a lot of football league stuff now just to do with the day job, um, and he looks like he's got every single attribute you want. Um, it's interesting, isn't it, this sort of Norwich link? Because obviously we had Jamal Lewis as well. Who went to Newcastle hasn't quite done it there because they've got their issues, of course. We've got Godfrey. I mean, it seems to be, up there in East Anglia, it seems to be the breeding ground for top-class uh, future England defenders, doesn't it? But, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be all for it. I mean, the, the price tag, I think, will be quite considerable given the other clubs we've heard mentioned alongside his name. I mean, Bayern Munich were the front-runners at one point. Now looks as if we are. Awesome um, linked to him really strongly last summer as well, weren't they? E- exactly. And, look, I don't think it's any secret nowadays. It's not, you know... Clubs now will readily go and have a look in the championship. It's something I think we should probably should have prof- profited from a long time ago. Um, we did, obviously, with KL, Les Scott, those sorts of moves. But that sort of conveyor belt of talent never really continues in our particular perspective. It'd be nice if we did that, because I think that's where you do get a leg up on the elite teams in the Premier League, because the first place they're going to be looking for transfers is the continent. It's not going to be a league below. So I'd, I'd love it to happen. I, I really would love it to happen. I think when I've seen him play, he's got everything you want in a right back—a modern right back can charge on down the wing, can defend, coming and joining as mate Godfrey. Hopefully, it, it's everything you want in a replacement right back who's going to be at the football club for a considerable amount of time. And then you know it, it'll give the all, all the sort of sell-on value fans a bit of a, a bit of a path on the back as well, won't it? Much yeah. the same way Godfrey has. We had a conversation, Matt, didn't we? on a pod a couple of weeks ago which didn't go down too well on Twitter when we said if you're a club that's in desperate need of a top quality defender full back utility man at the back you'd absolutely be looking at Ben Godfrey this summer now that wasn't to Slate Everton's ability in keeping him that was a compliment to Ben Godfrey but it just shows you that going and doing that and let's look he still costs 25 million Edens is going to cost a similar amount probably maybe a little bit more and um, these are investments and that's what we need to see them as. You know, long gone are the days of, of us getting players, young players into the first team and thinking that out of loyalty, they're going to stick with us for years and years and years if we're not good enough. So it lays the gauntlet down for the club as well, I think. You know, we're going and spending, investing that much money in a young player to come to us like we have with Godfrey. He's proven that he could potentially play at a higher level than whatever they are at right now challenge for him is to try and achieve that through playing for Everton and doing well for Everton. Challenge for the club is then keeping him. Or if not, you cash in big time. How much do you think if Man City come calling this summer, how much do you think Ben Godfrey would go for? You're at least looking at doubling your money and that'd be probably a little bit of a slap in the face to Everton, wouldn't it? So that's how we need to start looking at these deals. Yeah, I think think that's absolutely (laughs) fair enough. And I think after
1: bringing in players, you were mainly experienced and in the prime last summer, maybe a bit of a change in tack this summer towards younger players who were sort of off that yes. mold with room to grow. But the you know, with one or two experienced players coming in might be the way to go. But I think the other player was mentioned in that report, Warren, unsurprisingly, um, a couple of pieces from poor Joyce about Tracy <coughs> Key in this week. Um saying that Everton value him for 45 million pounds, uh, having only signed him for, for 25 million. Um <sighs> And it is a difficult one, isn't it? Because I spoke to David Hughes about this last night and sort of saying, you know, I saw that figure and thought, my word, you know, happily take that for a player who scored two Premier League goals for us. That hasn't really settled. But in the same breath, if we were bringing in a player this summer who hadn't kicked the ball for us, who'd scored 16 goals for PSG, done all right in the Champions League, scored against Barcelona, we'd all be rubbing our hands together, wouldn't we be really excited? So the, the club's in a difficult position with this one, I think, isn't it? But... I thought maybe, maybe they're not because it, it, it could be win-win, couldn't they? In that regard, they're either going to get a really good young player in the squad, or they're going to make a near twenty million pound profit if they get the asking price.
2: Yeah, I think. I mean, I've already accepted that if he does go, he's going to go on to be the best football player that's ever been because that just be <laughs> that's just that's just how it works. But now, I, I going back to what Dave said about the resale value because Moyes Keane is young enough. The fact that he's gone away to a side like PSG. Performed in the Champions League, performing in the league, scoring fairly regularly as well. We can sell him on. I don't think it's going to work out for him. I'd love it to. I think the majority of Evertonians actually really want it to work out for him as well. I think when he scored his first goal, I think everyone was delighted with him because we were like, right, this is the, this is where the kick starts now. And it just for whatever reason hasn't worked. He maybe hasn't settled in, in the country um, I think things that have been said about him prior to him signing for Everton as he signed for Everton maybe haven't helped about his reputation in Italy, things like that. So maybe it's one of those cases where it's best for all parties if he does move on. And if you've got a club like PSG, I've also read a report saying yesterday that they are now in a prime position going forward to really fully invest even further in this squad to become a sort of like Madrid where with the Galacticos to go forward and really have some spending power. Now, if you're Everton and you're Marcel Brands and you're reading that, or you hear of that, you're not going to go out to PSG and the, the, the you know, whoever does their transfers there and say to them, well, we just want this or we just, we're going to hold out for top dollar. And another thing, what they've said before about his age and his sell on, that's exactly what we've got with Moyes Keane. So, Sadly, it probably doesn't look like it's going to work out. Maybe there's still a future for him, I don't know. We're not close enough to the club to know that what people are thinking inside the club. But if he does move on, I would fully expect Everton to really hold out and dig the heels in and get the most for them, which is probably the best scenario, I think, at the moment, as far as he's concerned.
1: Yeah, I I, I tend to agree. And I was sort of watching him on Tuesday night, Dave, when he came on and that ridiculous game between Bayern and PSG. Just a, a you know, quality wise, one of the best football matches I've seen for for a long time. And, and PSG were in the position where they had to try and protect the, you know, the one 0 defeat because, you know, they were still going through and Bayern were pushing forward. And when I seen Keane coming on I thought, photo, oh, he's going to bring him on for, you know, one of the strikers. But but you know, put him on the on the left wing and he was he was charging back and covering the, his full back and, you know, working really hard for the team. And I sort of sat there and thought, that's just not something you do at Everton. That's 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 one of the only th- that's one of the things you do when you've got Neymar and Mbappe in the team and you've got to be one of those, you know, supplementary pieces and be a facilitator for them. And you've got them staring at it if you if you're not if you're not doing the work for them. Mm-hmm. It's not something you do at Everton when you're playing, you know, big table football alongside a couple of good players, but mainly average footballers and I think you'll probably find it quite hard to, to leave that behind. And maybe with, with that in mind as well, it's probably the best thing for his development because it's it's clear that by doing that, he's becoming a more rounded footballer as well.
0: You're you talking about Keeney, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think there's, there's so many romantics, small art amongst us, um, me included really, who would love for him to come back and, have, and sort of take everything he's done at PSG and turn him into something that is going to be magical for us in the Premier League. And he fires Everton to the Champions League and we keep him for years. Unfortunately, football's not like that, is it? And i tell you what he has. Prove the PSG, Matt, is a hunger and a desire that I think many people doubted when he was at us. And I think that's such a, a huge thing for the kids. I think he's gone up a lot in people's estimations. They wouldn't care to admit it because I think, <laughs> I think many Evertonians are like, well, if he doesn't cut it at Everton, then he's not good enough for, for anyone. Um, and PSG could go and win the Champions League. He could go on and score the winner. And Evertonians would be like, yeah, but he still plays for the team in the French Division 1. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 it It's a typical Everton attitude that I think many people have towards extreme Um Look, at the very least, he should pocket Everton a lot of money that we can go and invest in, like the likes of Aarons, and you've spoken about there as well. Um so, so good, good luck to him. Do you know what I mean? If he was to come back, I just don't want the scenario. The worst thing I think for everyone would be if it lingered. If if we go into the summer and PSG and Everton are still thrashing it out, maybe another club comes in. He's obviously linked with going back to us all the time. You don't want him kicking his
1: heels around Finch Farm or summer do you?
0: Absolutely not. You don't. You don't want a situation where we know this player is going to leave us, but. It's a question of when, but we'll need, you know, we need, we'll need the money. Absolutely, we'll need the money to reinvest. don't care what anyone says. Ever- Everton aren't the Manchester City of the modern era, uh, of, the, of the post-modern era, or whatever you want to call it. Um, Everton will need funds to supplement what they want to do this summer as well. So it's best it gets done quickly. I'd love to see something done perhaps before the end of the season. Maybe the two clubs get together, create a deal, get it done over the line as soon as the window opens. And Then have, you can go you know, both clubs go the separate ways. You wish Moyes clean, clean well. And then you go on and reinvest that money and to supplement the squad because we need we do need some serious uh, I'm not saying numbers, but some serious quality in, inserted into this squad over the summer.
1: Yeah, I t- tend to agree, mate. Uh, but, uh, just one other thing. I'll go with this in that game, by the way. Oh I broke yeah. your
2: heart,
0: didn't it? To yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: I mean, but he's been in and out, hasn't he? The squad recently as well. I mean, I know they were talking about him being available for transfer and we, we few people piped up, didn't he? said they'd have him back. I'd, I'd love him back. But, um, yeah, just heartbreaking to see something that probably we're missing out on so much at the minute with the current squad. Just someone like that in the middle of midfield who you just guarantee a 7 out of 10 out of every week. Yeah, he
1: was, he was amazing. Uh, we do absolutely miss a player like him at the moment, don't we? Uh, because... Well, pretty much no midfielders were available on Monday against Brighton. Um, sort of looking ahead to, to Friday night, I'll, I'll come to you on this one, Dave. Um, Tottenham, the visitors to, to Goodison Park. Carlo's done his press conference today. We've got um, Alan is fit, Andre Gomez is fit, Jordan Pickford fit, Josh King fit, Dominic Calvert are not going to be available. By the looks of it, um, so a bit more of a side, a bit more of a, a usual-looking side than we had on Monday night. Um, it, it does really feel as though it all hinges on this, doesn't it? Um, I think as much as it's, you know, we're still in with a shout and we're still, you know, getting by and still, you know, can look at the Europa League positions. It feels to me as though if we lose tomorrow, and uh, maybe even if we draw tomorrow, then it could all unravel very quickly,
0: this. Yeah, I mean, the, the results recently, I mean, you can't help but look at them and think what could have been. I think it's going to be a season we're looking back on, you know, even if we got in the Europa League, which I think the the peak of our powers this season, I think the Champions League chase is all over for us. Even though we've still got to play Spurs, who are, who are in with a hope, I think we've still, we've still got to go to West Ham as well, haven't we? Um Villa and and, and Villa, as well. as, yeah, Villa's been the long-standing game in hand for about two years now, hasn't it? As well, so. Can we yeah, play in there like twice in four days? Aren't we? Or <laughs> we still got to play them at as well? Yeah, because we're running out of time, aren't we, to fit it in? And I know they normally put it at the end of the season, but we played them at Goodison at the end of the season anyway. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to reflect on this one as what could have been this entire season, and I personally start to feel it's too late. Um, for the, for the Champions League, obviously. For the Europa League, absolutely not. But I just get that sense, and we've done this before in the past when we've had good seasons, particularly under Moyes. When we've got into the, in and around the top four, we've never been able to kick on that final over that final hurdle. And it, it feels to me that's going to be the case again. So, disappointing, obviously, given the, the opportunities we've missed. That That's what I'm going to regret the most from this season. And then and I think we play a spare side that they're in turmoil. I think Mourinho's probably on his on his last few days with them over the last couple of months. Maybe they see it out till the end of the season. Two teams, I think, Matt, who probably know that there's inevitability towards the end of this season, yet they're probably going to go into it on the sort of falsehood that the winner could potentially still get in the Champions League. And I don't think it's going to happen for either of them. I think we get Europa League. I think everyone will probably be content with that as a follow-up season to last. Would I be happy with it? I don't know. It, it, it seems, Matt, We always seem to end up annually. You know what I'm going to say here? Is that grand old debate we have every single year seemingly where it's, do you want to be in the Europa League, which probably affects or is detrimental to the Premier League progress next season, or do you not want to be in it and try and kick on and get in the Champions League next season? after hopefully a really good summer. That's the dilemma I think we're going to be faced with. Yeah, and sort of looking at...
1: It's a bit of a weird feeling going into this one, isn't it, one Because it's it's the Friday night, and I think for the first time in a while, once we played this game, we won't be able to say, and we've got a game in hand on all the, yeah. on all the teams above us for the, for the first time in a while, which will be nice. But obviously it's at Goodison Park as well, but you sort of got to look at it and say Spurs, as Dave mentioned there, they are having a bit of a tough time at the moment as well. I can't imagine it being a great game. I think it's going to be two sides that are being very stodgy. But, I mean, of of, of those players coming back in, who, who fit again, who, who do you see coming back into that side? Is it a case of just get them all back in, pick for Dallin, Gomez? I
2: think it I think it needs must, doesn't it? Um, I think, yeah, I think the out-of-the-injured players return, and I think we'll see, a, if not all of them, um, certainly two, three of them out of the four, I think, who will returning and coming back. I think it has to happen in a way. I think, um, yeah, it's it's been really frustrating. I, I sat here a few weeks back with yourself and, and a few other people and we were chatting away and we were talking about how this has been a brilliant season. It's it's really positive. For me, I think what's made it feel probably a little bit negative or, or that we seem a little bit down as Evertonians at the minute is a couple of reasons, and one reason is the fact that Leicester—not so much Leicester, but Leicester and West Ham—are well. They're doing. I think if they weren't in the equation, I think we'd be saying, "You know, it's still a good season." I think the fact that we've seen West Ham, we've come from absolute nowhere to play as well as they have been, um, that's made us. That sort of put us down a little bit to think, "Well, hang on, why can't? Why aren't we doing that? Why are we going away to Brighton and only getting playing? You know, terrible football. Which, let's be honest, it was. It was an yeah. awful game." And why aren't we sort of still clamoring? For me, what this season's taught me more than anything is it's really important not to get too high when we win or too low when we don't necessarily get the result we want. If we win on Friday, we're I think it's just two points off fourth. I don't think we'll finish fourth. I said that weeks ago anyway. I don't think we'll finish fourth. I just think we'll finish short. don't think we've quite got the quality yet. We've still got a lot of... The silver Cumin and part of the Moyes team left, so I don't think it's it's time at the moment because Carlo hasn't had a chance to to build his squad, if you like. Um, but from where we were about maybe six weeks ago to now, it's just frustrating. And like Dave touched on there, it's. It seems to be the same old season repeating itself and having the same conversation. Do we want Europa or do we want to build for next year and have a good summer? That's the conversation we've been having for the last 15 years. Um, And I suppose that's where the frustration, that's where the sort of negativity is creeping in because we're just bored of it now. We just want something a little bit different. We want, you know, the cup's gone now. We're not going to be reaching the semi or final at any point soon. Europe's starting to look distant. I think the important thing, though, is one thing that myself and I know Mike De Asha, we agreed on this. And you I think you actually said yourself, Matt, as well, a few weeks ago. What we wanted more than anything, if we go, take ourselves back to August and we said, what do we want from this season? We wanted to see progress. We wanted to see something different. We wanted to see an Everton that was on the up, not just finishing an 11th or 12th, selling the best young players, not really bringing anyone in, but spending vast amounts on average players who are not really going to advance the squad much. For me, I think I've seen that this season in our team. I think we've, I've seen a progression. Whether or not that transmits itself into a league position that we really want, mm. we don't know. But we went on Friday and we do win that elusive game in hand. We're still pretty much up there. That's what I'm holding on to. Unfortunately, though, I just feel at the moment this squad's just lacking... It's just lacking a bit of bite and it's just lacking like Dave said very first uh, early on in the podcast and the show. Just lacking that extra bit of quality that West Ham have brought in with Lingard that Mm. Chelsea have got in abundance that Leicester have got in the likes of Tielemans. I know he's been injured but Harvey Barnes, James Madison, those type of players. I just think we lack those one or two key players at the moment to really give us that proper end to the season that we want. But for me still reason to be positive but it's just frustrating the way it's worked out, isn't it?
1: Yeah. And it's, it's not so much, Dave, I think Warren's absolutely spot on everything he says there. And, you know, I think that the Brighton game and the Palace game, you can sort of take as matches that happen over the course of a season. You know, sometimes you just have loads of injuries and don't play very well and you can get away with a draw. You know, if, if we're having a, a better season and we're still up there, we probably frame that game on Monday as, you know, that was actually a good point, all, all things considered, given the plays that were out. Palace game, you, you can miss chances. You know, that that happens sometimes. A goalie has a blind, your striker's hard on it. They can score a last-minute goal. Th- these things happen. It's It's, it's just... It's just that these things sort of add to the the overall picture, don't they, of the, the frustration that's been building up by the results that we've had alone for a long, long time. And I think it's it's you know it's sort of the cherry on top of the frustration that's been building for a long, long time, as opposed to people being dead annoyed with with these games we've seen in, in the last couple of weeks.
0: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it's funny, isn't it? Because I was only looking at the way people have, have been speaking about this season, and obviously there'll be a disappointment, a relative disappointment if we don't get in the Champions League. I think a major disappointment if we don't get in the Europa League. But then, even even if that is the case, say if we finished eighth and didn't get in that, and we went ended up in the Conference thing, which again, I don't definitely don't want to get into a debate with you, Matt, about anything like that. I'll be honest. Bring it even on. Even you can't. Even you must be this out. not nothing
1: as well. Yeah. We'll, we'll send you photos from Lithuania next year. <laughs> well, again, You'd we actually... 10p no, pints and you're, you're
0: sat at, at BBC City in Salford. BBC City, yeah. Really up the road, City, for me. Um, yeah, I mean, even though that could be the case, there's still progress from last season, isn't it? You look at the finishing, you, you look at everything, every single facet of the team, even though it's not the fully working model. I think Ancelotti has done an incredible job this season, still. Um, let, no, let, me frame, that... let me frame it like this to you then, Dave, just
1: trying to be what? devil's advocate a bit. Are we seeing a team that's getting better?
0: Yes. Uh, I, even I now. I
2: agree. I'm,
0: I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to say, I'm hesitant to say conclusively because there's still lingering problems that Ancel, even the great Carlo Ancelotti, Still hasn't been able to fix. Um, Right-back being an area. I think we've obviously, we've just discussed that then. Midfield alternatives aren't there. And and the, the, the massive word for me, it's only a four-letter word, pace. We have none of it anywhere in, in abundance. They're big things that will always haunt your team, particularly in the top division. I think it affects a lot of what he wants to do as well. Having a lack of pace. Um, you, you look at his previous roles. He's always had dynamic wingers. He's always had fast players in his side, Ancelotti. That hasn't been the case here. We haven't recruited any. We don't really have much in reserve uh, or, or by way of youngsters coming into this side. And I, I, and I think it's an improving side in many different... You look at Dom. Look at, Aaron, look, at look at Calvert-Lewin with a combination of, of big Duncan, Ancelotti. Um, you look at Godfrey, the development that lads on has been ridiculously high. Uh, Michael Keane, players like that, that. So if you go through the side on an individual basis, I think you can comfortably say there's been improvements. As a team, yes, of course, we we finished last season 11th. 12th. Was it? 12th last season. So, I mean, statistically, even looking at the table, look at the way we play, look at the individual players, I think there's a reasonable argument to say that we've improved quite considerably this season, yeah. But I think, it, I think the sort of finger meant
1: is obviously we've improved the season because you can't deny that look at where we are on the table, points total, all that kind of thing. But is, is this team is this a team that's got better over the course of the season? Are you are you seeing are you seeing things that are improved? Because you know again I speak to Dave Hughes yesterday and one of the things he was sort of concerned about was that there's no there's no real basis or structure a lot of the time to what we're doing. It's you know it's as we've described it for a lot of this season it's it's, it's football on on a knife edge. It's fine margin football.
0: I mean that's that, that's a better question in terms of what you do. Oh excuse me, yeah. Thanks thanks yeah. for that. <laughs> hey, listen, do you, do you know, want to you host? Yeah. You know, you know, you don't <laughs> yeah, listen, you know, you don't need me to blow your trumpet, Matt. Um yeah, I mean that, that that as a an individual point, yeah, I think that makes sense actually. Throughout the course of the season, I think things have got a little bit stale in there, haven't they? You look at certain performances. We we, we still have this knack of going through games of football where large portions of the match in, in, in itself go by without Everton doing anything, without laying a glove, without without even conceding possession and things like that. And that, that's that's more frustrating than if we were a side that, you know, consistently played as a side that maybe gets 25, 30% of possession in a game, but was really good on the counter. Think wolves, think think wolves, Everton have been like Wolves at, at times, I think probably without the penetration that You've got in certain players they've able to to rely in terms of pace, like I've just said. But yeah, I'd go along with that then, that Matt. If that's what you're insinuating, I would say it's flatlined a little, hasn't it? I, th- I think that trajectory we've all thought we've been on it's perhaps been a little bit of false, false hope, maybe a little bit of false dawn. Those sort of terms we used to say with Everton over the years. Um I, I, I get what you're saying or get what you're insinuating um, or getting what you want me to say, maybe. <laughs> no, but, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sitting here saying sack the manager no. or anything like that no, by, no, by, no, by no. any means, and, and but... The, but the thing is, this is because of, of a lot of reasons that aren't Ancelotti's. Um, they're, they're not wholly... Mo- most of them are Ancelotti's fault, are they? If we're honest with ourselves, you know, you look at the squad itself it desperately needs improving. You look at the quality of the squad. Where would you put the quality of the, the squad, Matt? Top seven? Mm.
2: Not for me. Probably where we are, I'd say. Eighth. Correct. Yeah. Eighth or ninth. And- I, I, I just, I'm listening and I do agree with you both. But I just think, does like, for instance, the core, I, I think he's just been a huge miss because that's the bit yeah. of legs we've, had, we've missed in midfield. And you're hoping, I know this is probably unfair to put on him because he's been off for so long. But when Gabaman came in for that one game, you thought, right, we've got sort of a replacement for the or he can play them three or four games till Decoré comes back in. He gets injured again, and we haven't got that other player who can do the Decoré job or the Decoré role, if yeah. you like. I think what this side's depended on is that our spine has been fit. So when a Rodriguez gets in, James gets injured, we, we suffer massively creatively. Uh, creatively. We're seeing now with Dom injured that there was a couple of times on Monday when the ball's gone in the box, or we've had to hit long on the occasion and it's not sticking because we haven't got Dom up there. Um, if you know, I think we're quite set sort of defensively, because if you know Mean injured, we can put Godfrey in there and we can put Holgate. So I think we're all right defensively. But when those key spine players are missing, we haven't got what Chelsea what Leicester, what did I say West Ham have got where they can throw in a similar type of player to do a couple of jobs for them. And I don't think really they've suffered the injuries that we have. I don't want to make injuries an excuse because, you know, that's it. every team has them. But I just think where we've not done well in the last few years is we've talked about this, or you've talked about this on your on shows as well, the recruitment side of things. If it's a quarter gets injured, who's going to come in and do that job? And that's where we've lacked. I still think that with that full team out that we saw at the start of the season, uh, what was the stat that you said the other week, Matt, about if the the, the players we signed have only played six games together or something?
1: So I think it was, was maybe Mike that, yeah.
2: But I think yeah. it was I think it was
1: only six. I think it was something like um and Richarlison, Hamez, Dina, Alan Decore have only played six games. I think we've won five
2: drawn one so of the, them. Yeah. So there you go. And I mean the football at the start of the season, that was that was top four the way the way we were playing at the start of the season. I know that's difficult to maintain over the season. I think when we've got that team out, we are a top six, top seven team. Unfortunately, though, where we've suffered is because we haven't bought well in the past. We haven't supplemented that 11, that first 11 with good enough players who can come in and keep us consistent. And that's what we saw with Palace. That's what we saw on Monday night. We're essentially playing for a draw because we know that with the injuries, we've got a point. I think Seamus Coleman summed it up well. I think he said if we'd have beaten Palace... And then gone into that Brighton game and got a point with the injuries we had, it would have looked like a good four points to pick up at this stage of the season. But we just dropped too many points, haven't we? And and I don't think we've had the chance to play a good solid 11 for more than four or five games all season. Listen, every team has injuries, so it's not an excuse. But we haven't bought well or we haven't in the past supplemented that. Uh, first 11 with good backups, and that's 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 the point I'd make. I think that's what that's yeah. why we're seeing now why we're maybe a top eight, top nine team. But when we've got that, I think we're easily top six. Yeah, you? I, I, I to- totally understand all that. And I suppose it's you know, we'll, we'll, I suppose we're going to
1: learn whether the manager's doing this style of football out of choice or necessity over time, won't we? The, the only way we're going to find that out is is based on when we can see him with the, all those players fit and whether he, things do start to change again. Dave, you were vigorously shaking your head there.
0: I was shaking my head because I completely agree with Warren. I, this is a squad issue that we've got. Um, and and, and that, that is the thing we need to fully appreciate, why Evan are going wrong at certain vital points in the season. I, I, I don't think... We've had this debate a lot, haven't we? And it's edged into a lot of our content this season is about the manager and... Is he doing enough things right? Is he doing things wrong? I'm trying to answer this or or make me point without having the context of this is one of the greatest managers that's ever managed a football team in history. and trying to seclude it in terms of what he's done for Everton and what he needs to do for Everton and has he done enough for Everton so far. I've come to the conclusion with him that he's probably only as good as the players he's got because... No, I don't think anybody, and I'll ask you two this question, uh, Warren and Matt, could offer an alternative that gets us in a better position that we're in now in the Premier League, in terms of how you'd set this team up, in terms of the in terms of the individuals we've got to come in. I don't think there's enough quality in there to do better than what we're doing right now. Look, we can argue games on an individual basis and how they've gone. Should it be Fulham at all? Uh, Burnley away You know Newcastle twice All those We can all sit there And say Do you know what I'll put my football manager Head on And we should have done This 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 and this But then I think about The games we've won Spurs away Tactical masterclass Start of the season Liverpool mm-hmm. away Probably should have won by more um, Chelsea As well Chelsea I and
2: Arsenal at home
0: Chelsea Arsenal Yeah You know
1: those I, think, games, I think
0: Leicester away was probably the best we played all season. Leicester away I liked. Leeds away I liked as well for most of it too. Um, Wolves away. Wolves away. D- specta- do, you know, yeah. do you know what we're, though, Dave? Just, just we're, very quickly. On, go, on, go, on, go on, mate. On, go on, finish up. I was going to say, to finish that point, I think, okay, fine. You probably get someone in who's nowhere near as talented as Ancelotti who wins you those games against Newcastle, Fulham, Leeds at home, all those, the, the dross, Basically, you could have most managers who probably win you those games. But the ones we've gone and won, and you've just ticked them off. Leicester, Spurs, ended the Anfield hoodoo. No one does that apart from a manager as good as Carlo Ancelotti. So I, I think it swings in roundabouts. And I also I think we need to appreciate he's come into a job the likes of which he's not done for the bulk of his managerial career. How old is he? 63? 61 61 years old and in terms of management how long has he been managing? Best part of three decades, yeah? How many sides that he's managed and guided to glory have started in a position that Evan are in right now. He's come into it essentially a mid-table side that's got the expectations of doing much better. What do we expect? What, what can you safely expect from that? It's the players And and for so many years, we've spoken about managers, we've sacked managers, we've got Sam Allardyce in. You know, that was real. That's really scraping the barrel, isn't it, when you look at our recent history? We've always gone down the managerial path. But now I feel as if, because we've got this manager in place, there's no excuse for the players we've got, apart from them not being good enough. And that's the conclusion I draw in, in general, is that most of the players we have, are not good enough for what we
2: want to do. Yeah, Why don't you you, agree with that as well, mate? I I think Dave's made a a more succinct point than I was trying to explain, definitely. (laughs) I think what Dave is saying about how he's only as good as the players he's got, I think that applies to, obviously, most managers except the odd few who can. Like, let's be fair, Moyes, who's doing it at West Ham this season, he's got them playing out of their skin. What I would ask you then, Dave, in, in response to what you just said there, Do do you are you excited by where Everton could be in two, three, four years with Ancelotti? Because I look at what he's done this season with probably three, four of his own of his own players. This isn't his squad yet. I'd like to think, and I'm listen. We're all we all we all live in hope as Evertonians. We've been living in hope for twenty five years, twenty six years, haven't we? I live in hope that in two, three years time the squad that he builds or the team he builds is going to be worthy enough of us competing up, up at the top end of least. not saying winning titles, not saying winning trophy after trophy, but competing. That's all we ever ask for. I think, again, going back to a point I made earlier, I think what's heightened our expectations this year is you've seen that blinding football at the start of the season. We've been fourth, fifth, sixth for the majority of the season. We've then seen and I, I sorry to harp on and go back about it, but we've seen the likes of West Ham and Leicester who we probably don't see as our equal in terms of the whole size of the club, tradition, yeah. history, all that sort of stuff, do, let's face it, better than us this season. And we're scratching our heads going, how has this happened again? My, as I say, going back to what you were saying, Dave, are you excited by where we could be in three years' time as opposed to just a year and a bit under Carlo when he's had one transfer window as well?
0: Oh, massively? Absolutely, I am. But the, the thing where there's an unknown about that question for me is that how many of those players that we have now are going to be on that journey with us? And 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 that's why I do have a massive amounts of optimism with Carlo, no, no doubt about it, but also a hint of caution because there's still an overhaul that needs to happen there. Maybe not... Over one summer, like we've done in the past, and shot ourselves in the foot by spending silly money on silly players. But in terms of a genuine transition over the over that amount of time, you're talking about one that we get mm. to. say we get to say if you put stick in the stick in the sands, Bramley Moore, Where do you want Everton to be in Bramley Moor uh, by the time we get there? Realistically, how many of those players' ages aside? Do you think are good enough to lead us out there if we're to still have Ancelotti as our manager? I, I don't think there's that many.
2: No, I, I and I do agree with you. What I think the point again, and it's it's very much in what you're saying is, it's got to it's got to be allowed time. And I think Tref. because because we've got to allow that time, and it, it's difficult. It's difficult because we want success yesterday. I know that, and we've been we starved of it, and we're dying for it, but. If we just bring it back to this season, this season alone, we're yeah. saying we're saying to ourselves, right? We're going to allow for three, four years. We're going to allow so we get into Bramley more to see what Carlo can do with this team. But we've got to deal with this season first, and we've got to see where we end up this season. If we just put this season on the table for what we've done, I still have seen for me progress. We might not get where expectations want us to get, but if you turned around to me in August and said you will be. And we do this all the time. And I know there's going to be people banging their heads and screaming at me now when I'm saying this because it's the same old Evertonian arguments every single year. But if you'd have said to me back in August, you'd be, win your game in hand and your three points, two points, whatever it is, off fourth. God, we'd have all taken that after yeah. what we saw last season. So for me, just as this season, if you put this season in a box, I've seen progression. And all I ever asked for in the last year or two, since probably Allardyce, when we, I felt that that was when we hit sort of rock bottom there. Really. Yeah. Um we just want to see progress. Now, when we go to next season, if you're to ask me in August, next say we finish eighth this season, you go to me, Dave or Matt, where, what do you what do you want from Everton this season? I'd be hoping for two and a half years after being under using your word there, Dave, one of the arguably one of the greatest managers there's ever been in football, I would expect us to be top six. And I, I don't mean that to put pressure on the team, I don't mean that to raise our expectations, but with what we've got, what we've been given, the manager we've got, that's what we want and that's what we should be aiming for. And again, that's when I think two, three, four years down the line, that's when we'll see hopefully the real Everton, the real Carlo. But if you put this season in a box alone, I've seen progress. And that's the argument that I suppose I was trying to make.
0: No, I yeah. think that's spot on. I, I think that's a really good way of, of putting it, Warren, because I, matt will answer differently to this because he loves the Europa League, but I don't care. If, if you would say to me, in four years' time, we get or Like you said there, maybe in, in next season, year, year after, we're top six. That's genuine signs of tangible progression, isn't it? Because we've improved on the league. Between now and then, or between when Everton gets to Bramley more, say, and that's when we force... We're on all cylinders. Fighting on all cylinders really genuinely challenging for Champions League places year on year, consistently. To me, it doesn't matter as much... What happens in between that intervening time? As long as we don't get, you know, considerably worse, because I appreciate exactly what you've said in terms of it being a long-term build. And the, I think you the cynicism—that's no, I
1: I, the cynicism how they're thinking about it. No, the, but what, what I'm, I'm going to
0: say is the, the, the cynicism. I think many fans have it. All we ever talk about when we get a new manager is four-year plans, three-year plans, it's going to take time, we've got to start again, it's year zero. All of those phrases people come out with. For once, I think this is where it's actually relevant because the the, the, the precious commodity we've got is Carlo. So, therefore, if you put him front and centre, because him coming into me, Matt, in general in the last 18 months, has completely changed the dynamic of what Everton have been about as far as I've been alive. And that is, you've got a manager that's more than good enough and players that aren't. Mm. In the past, they've been quite close. In the past, we probably have better players than we have managers, if you take Allardyce as as a case in point. Right now, though, we've got a manager. that Everton, the club, uh, everything they put behind it financially, have to aspire to be as good as this man. So that's why I don't really care this season if it's 7th to ninth to 10th, whatever. As long as there's progress. Look, you can. Act- it depends how you mark progress, I think. So, to just to go back to Warren's point, him talking about going from this season, say 7th, 8th, ninth, whatever, up through to 6th, maybe next season, and then you're looking maybe outside chance Champions League. I don't feel it has to happen in a linear capacity whilst understanding that that is essentially what fans ask for these days, is that it has to happen on a trajectory. I think in Carlo's case, to me personally as a fan, it doesn't matter which way he does it, which road he takes. It's the destination that's all important. And for the first time, because you've got somebody of that ilk in charge, that's why I feel it's relevant when fans say this is a long-term project. Because it's not going to be linear. We've proven that. We'll we'll lose players that we don't want to lose. We'll sign players who won't be good enough. That's how football works. I think in a roundabout way, we might well get to an acceptance amongst us all that this manager knows what he's doing. Even if it looks to us on the surface or it looks to us in the league table or points or any other measuring stick you want to use, you have to put your faith in this man. And hope that he gets us to the destination, because every other way we've tried has fell on its face. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. The, the, sorry, mate. I was just going to say that didn't didn't intend this to become a chat about the, the manager and all that, but I think, I think the, the one thing it, I'm not I'm not sure I'm still looking at this as a long term project, based on what we've seen. So I, I'd say probably medium term, because I think if, if you sign four players in the summer and two of them are 29, and I've got you know, questionable injury records to say the least. It feels to me as though the, you know, the sort of here and now players, and it's a bit more about the here and now. Because, you know, I totally agree with what you are saying about building towards Bramley Moore and all and all that kind of stuff. Realistically, you know, DeCore will be over 30 by then. Alan and Rodriguez probably won't be at the football club. Godfrey will still be here if, you know, as Dave mentioned earlier on, City haven't come in and and signed in in a few weeks' time for 60, 70 million or whatever. So, But I just feel as though that sort of, that dynamic, and this is just how I'm looking at it, but I sort of feel as though in my head as though this is a medium-term thing. And with that in mind, it probably, you know, emphasises the need to do well now. Um, But but we'll move on very quickly because we went off course massively there. Uh, if Carlos is that good, Dave, how's he going to get us past Spurs on Friday
0: night? Tell us. Well, I mean, look, you, you, you're playing a side that's got more troubles than us, even though they're above us in the league, really, aren't you? Um, they, they've they got all sorts of troubles, haven't they? Because there's the, the financial cost that comes to getting of the Mardinia, which I'm pretty sure, what, well, you'd say, 80, probably upwards of 90% of Spurs fans would won right now because it's coming apart at the seams. They've got a Carabao Cup final, which might well be the final nail in the coffin in many ways if they don't win that if he does win it it probably makes it a little bit more awkward for them doesn't it um because he's delivered them that long-awaited silverware same with us really I suppose you can compare it if if Mourinho wins that long-awaited trophy with Spurs it's like comparing it to Allardyce winning the FA Cup with us what would you do then (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, maybe not that severe then um are we going to see Josh King start up front at last? I don't think we'll see Josh King again, mate, if I'm honest. I don't. I, I just think it's one of those moves that all the best intentions of the world were there for this to work out. Good player, good Premier League player, season pro. It just seems to me we've been sold a bit of a dud. And, and you know, it doesn't take much to look into the finer details of that deal. And it, it looks as if it's been that sort of bespoke that... It's basically there that neither party really lose out if he doesn't play. Um, because there's look, I'll tell you right now, I've put my house on it, Everton aren't signing him in the summer. So unless you you've got major injury concerns, which we aren't far away from, by the <laughs> way, in the striking areas, then I don't see him getting
2: the game. Uh what an you see it going tomorrow night, mate. Um, I'm one of them. I'm a, I'm eternally positive until it's five minutes before kickoff and then it's all Jim and gloom. Um I think we're probably playing them at a good time. I think if If we're hyping this game up as whoever wins has still got a shot of Europe, it probably means more to... It doesn't mean more to Spurs, of course it means more to us as Evertonians, but it's probably... If we were to get beat, it's not the be-all and end-all for us, because we're still... you know, We're not going to get rid of our manager if we get beat. I think if they get beat, that's their season done, that's Harry Kane sold in the summer, guaranteed... That's um, Mourinho more or less, like Dave has touched on there, more or less gone. I think there's probably going to be massive overhaul at Spurs if they don't make Europe. Um, so there's a lot of issues for them. So it's probably a good time to play them. Saying that, you just want a little bit of a spark from some of ours. If I'm Alex Wilby yeah. there, and I've been his biggest defender, but I just can't defend him no more. If if I'm Alex Wilby there and I'm sitting on that bench on Monday night and I'm looking Basically across a babysitter on he. <laughs> that's one of I mean. I'm looking across and he's got he's got no He's got no sort of one older than him by years next to him other than keepers. Um what have I got to do to get and I just hope that they all look at it and they just go, let's 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 drive something here. Let's just it doesn't not necessarily working hard or running around, That just should come as a minimum anyway. But have they got something in them to want to drive that extra bit more to get us a winner against Spurs and keep the fight for Europe going? I I've I, I have not seen it lately. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. I think I think it'll be a season defining game in many ways on Friday. See what you know, whatever happens, happens and we'll see.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, fingers crossed we can get it done. Uh that's it for this week on the weekly. Uh cheers to Warren. Cheers to Dave. Uh we are back of course with the instant reaction to that game on Friday. We'll have a kick about that before then as well. I'm off to the pub to record it now with Mark Mosey and Paddy Boylan. So looking forward to that. Uh, but yeah, cheers to lads for joining us there. Uh, we'll speak to you again soon here on the Blue Room.